I just, I just, I just figured out the puzzle of human resource machine. <laughs> yeah, it it just came to me. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that it came to you after the podcast was recorded. Welcome to the newest, freshest episode of the Go Play That podcast. I'm Rob Cook and I'm joined by Earl Baker. Hello, I'm feeling fresh as well. And Bob Marate, how are you feeling, Bob? Staying fresh. <laughs> Stay fresh. Stay fresh. No, no one is stale today. <laughs> no, we're all, we're all um, limber and yeah. ready to go. Ripe. Um, we have got three topics for today, gentlemen. We're going to start with a news topic. Now, Earl has real, has um, noticed that there are some interesting remasters that have come out over the last week or so, um, ma- namely Final Fantasy X and Dead Island have both received the remaster treatment, which is usually just a top-up on graphics, um, HD remake, if you, if you were. Like, it's different from a, a remake because... The game's still the same. It's just technically improved. At least that's the that's the intention, right? Bump, bumping up of the the texture assets is usually the thing. Yeah. So, well, let me pass it over to you to to take us through this topic. Yeah, it's it's interesting because these two games have come out in quick succession. Uh, one is more understandable, I would say, as an HD remaster. Uh, Final Fantasy X uh, was a PS2 title. So it's looking pretty aged now and is also quite hard to get hold of. Uh, Final Fantasy X wasn't, wasn't released um, outside of the PlayStation 2 until... Help me out here, Bob. The, the, think, was it a PS3 Vita remasters? Right, towards yes, the, that's yes, the one. Towards yep. the end of those consoles' life cycles, if you will. Yeah. And not too long ago on PS4. Right, Actually, so, it was a few a few months after. It wasn't really that much of a difference, you know. Right, right, the, yeah. So there was a good gap between that um, that game's release date and it receiving a remaster. Uh, whereas uh, uh, Dead Island is a game that was released. Uh, I wish I did my research, but twenty ten, I think. Right, not that long ago. It's I was a, in Frankfurt, so it was a yeah. PS three Xbox three sixty title. Um, it uh, wasn't a high definition game. Uh, in principle, because it was on those consoles, and and here we are already seeing uh, a remaster. Now, I have to confess, I haven't played the re-release of Dead Island, but I have looked at the YouTube videos, and it just seems like such a a small difference. It's a really weird time and title to choose. I don't know what they're trying to achieve out of receiving, um, out of out of uh, releasing this remaster. Um, there is actually a three euro upgrade path if you bought the game on PC already. Um, but if you had the game on Xbox 360 or PS3 and you've gone the console upgrade route, you're in you're in bad luck. You're going to have to buy that game all over again if you feel that uh, it's worthwhile. Um, but what I wanted to talk about more specifically was was Final Fantasy X, because although that has actually received um, a generally well-received remaster, the game runs at whatever resolution you want to run at, there's anti-aliasing options, 
it's run into that typical PC hardcore gamer bugbear that it's locked to 30 frames per second. Oh boy. So uh, I would argue, and I'm and I'm a hardcore PC gamer, don't get me wrong, that maybe 60 frames per second isn't essential for a role-playing game. Um, no, not really. But, you know, if you're going to release a remaster and you're going to target it to this audience, uh, there's just going to be lashback. It's, it's, it's just a no-no on PC. Um, that audience demands 60 frames plus. Uh, so what's happening is community members and clever modding folks are actually going into the game code and trying to get that game to run at 60, which isn't actually a straightforward proposal. Um, they're actually saying that this will take years of work for the modding community to achieve, but they're going to do the damn thing. Um, but what, what crossed my mind is with Dead Island having this three euro upgrade path and us living in this world where you can release your own mods on Steam at a price on the Steamworks uh, storefront, uh, which may or may not come to, to uh, fruition, who knows? Should we be paying the community for the hard work that they're putting into these modifications? Hmm. Okay. Um, when, when modders actually do modify the game, they hardly ever, if any time, do it for the profit. But on the other hand, most of these groups, I would assume that they have some sort of um, HQ website, so to speak. Yeah. Some sort of hub where they meet and such, or, or the, even their own website. I wouldn't be surprised if they would find some sort of donate button through PayPal or pay what you want or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. For these things. The, the real question here is, should this button be pre-installed on Steam, where the, on the Steamworks, on the Steamworks page of this mod, so to speak, or yeah, pay what you want basis. It's fascinating you say that because uh, another game I wanted to bring up was Knights of the Old Republic 2. Now, that game uh, was an Obsidian game and was reasonably infamously released unfinished. There were many there were bugs and missions that couldn't be completed and content that, although it existed in the game code, was not accessible and the community fixed that you know there were there were patches released that brought that content back to the surface and made that game work as it was originally intended now if you buy that game on steam today it has all of that content that was a community driven effort that eventually many years later resulted in the actual official product being updated as such um vampire bloodlines as well is it bloodlines bloodlines yes yeah Mm. that's another game vampire the masquerade yeah vampire the masquerade bloodlines Uh, that's another game that that still to this day uh continues to receive patches from the community to bring it into um the original intended vision um it's incredible the talent that it takes and the effort and coordination that it takes for these individuals to get that game to where they want it to be. And as you say, it's a passion project and for the most part, not doing it for monetary gain. Yet within the industry itself, we have studios that are essentially re-rendering their game with a different shader, which is actually quite 
simple to do and charging money for it. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that Dead Island shouldn't be charging three euros for an upgrade path. That, I'm not saying that. Absolutely charge me money. If I, if I love your game, I will pay some money for an improved experience. But it, it seems a, a shame almost that, A, these games are released um, in a lesser than intended format in the first place, and B, that there's a reliance on free work from the community uh, to get that game into its uh, intended shape. So yeah, I, I hope by all means that um, there is a donate button because I want to donate to the Final Fantasy X effort. Um, it's not my favorite Final Fantasy by any means, um, but I like the idea of playing uh, these games in a pristine, uh, as intended in quotes, uh, condition. Uh, but I just thought it was fascinating that these two completely contrasting remasters were released in the same time, uh, each with their own unique uh, little stories. Yeah, and you've got modders potentially doing, well, as you mentioned, maybe far more work than um, than the AAA yeah, developer I mean, or publisher. I mean, if, if you take the, if, if you are in quotes man hours, although I don't like that phrase, um, for, of one individual in that studio, I don't know if it's t- taking that person as much time as it's going to take the guy that is going to fix Final Fantasy X. <laughs> you know, that's that's a lot of time and effort for no monetary reward. Without the first-hand materials necessarily. Exactly. Yeah, no, they're going, they're going to have to dive into the source code without actually even officially being given the keys to see that source code. You they know, literally this, have to hack it in. Yeah, exactly. You have to really dive in. And uh, my understanding is that for, for him to get the cutscenes to work and sync up with the audio, it's going to take like frame by frame effort. Like literally going into uh, 60 frames of content <laughs> just to get one second of game output. Um, so that's crazy. Um, and I, I applaud these heroes that do this and i'm i'm delighted that vampire the masquerade bloodlines exists as a finished game today and knights of the old republic 2 can be finished as as intended but um we have to tip the hat to the modding community uh, for us to be there otherwise those games would have just been left in in the state that they were released and that was a sorry state which is yeah. unfortunate such a shame because both of them are actually really good games both Knights yeah. of the Old Republic and Vampire Bloodlines. Oh yeah, absolutely. And to be honest with you, you know, I, I wasn't on those teams, and I and knowing enough about the industry, I can assume that uh, d- deadlines were probably the real reason that those games were unfinished, rather than the studio just chat it out and said that'll do. Um, I'm sh- I'm sure that um, it was beyond the control of the individuals um, yeah. designing and and engineering that game, and that's that's a, that's the tragedy of the business, I guess. Mm. Um, so yeah, I I think that um, if it wasn't for the modding community, um, we, we could see many many games uh, left in that state. And it was funny uh, we were chatting just before this podcast, um, you know, uh, about why Dead Island Remaster exists, even because mm-hmm. I very much doubt that there will ever be a Skyrim Remaster because the modding community jumped on that game so quickly. Um, when it came to improving the graphics, that pretty much straight away, that game was in a place where you can play it beyond 
uh, the visual capabilities of the original engine as it was released. Sure. I also think there's um, a point where a publisher sees an opportunity because eyes aren't on the game and they want to get a renewed, uh, you know, cash flow through. Mm. Skyrim has always been popular since its release and has been supported and has a, hu- a huge community and mods. As you said, Dead Rising sort of dropped off Dead the Island. radar. Yes, Jesus. We had, I had that I, fucking I made that earlier. mistake earlier. That was me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Dead Island, like Riptide wasn't as good. Then they did Dying Light, which was way better. But no, no one was talking about the original and they mm. maybe felt, well, we want, we want people to be talking about this game again. Sometimes I think that it's, that they will remaster something to gauge popularity. But I think that's more to do with like an older franchise. They want to gauge interest in a new yeah, iteration. Yeah, bring, in some, bring something back to life that hasn't been spoken about in a decade or decades. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, that, that's why I found this one strange. And I almost feel like there's a supply and demand effect with these things. I don't see um, Dead Island graphic mods out there. I'm sure it would have been possible if people felt passionate enough that that game needed it. Um, yet, to go back to the Skyrim example, um, that exists. I, I played Watch Dogs, in fact, with a graphics mod. Um, mm. GTA V, as astonishing as it already looks, the modding community are already working on pushing that game even further, uh, much like happened with um, the Ice mod for GTA IV. Like, that looks insanely good right um, yeah if you look up youtube videos of that it just looks incredible it's it's as photorealistic as you will get um with today's technology gta 5 is a really good example of um you you could technically consider that a remaster going from the 360 release to the pc release yeah there's a huge huge jump in fidelity there um even though that game was on a 360 and therefore technically hd just it is night and day playing 360 alongside PC because I had I had the game on 360, then I bought it on PS4 where it looked better but still ran the same, mm. and then on PC where it runs at a solid 60 and just looks incredible. Like that's what you can do, and you don't. Again, you don't see that from Dead Island. They they made some changes so that you could say it's improved, but where was their impetus to truly make the best of of dead islands yeah and it was a similar case with sleeping dogs as well they re yeah they did a re-release of sleeping dogs um again Which some people said wasn't as good yeah a, a lot of people did i think it was um more demanding and there wasn't much of a payoff for it um on if you know if you have a powerhouse pc you could run the previous game and the new one on 60 frames per second um, but my understanding is the console versions, the PS4, um, Xbox One versions, ran like a dog. So there wasn't even any benefits to be found from that release. Right. Um, it's as you say, it's it's clearly to try and get um, a few more coins out of those out of those franchises. Maybe even to remind people they exist, so that the sequel has um, a better leg to stand on. But or. I, or- something that wasn't a huge hit um, maybe because of the release window or circumstances around its launch. Uh, Psychonauts, like, I guess is a good example. That wasn't a huge hit right. when that game yeah. was released. 
um, had a huge cult following, uh, deserved to to get its due, and um, was released uh, in a sweet spot where a lot of people have been talking about that game for a long time, but hadn't actually played it, and it was hard to get hold of. So, mm. you know, they're, they're, I think there are there are good times, there are bad times. I think uh, in in the case of Sleeping Dogs and Dead Island, they're questionable as to whether they were really needed and. If you're going to do that, you've got to do right by your audience. You've got to go um, the, the the full Monty, I guess, uh, in making sure you deliver a really, really solid upgrade. Yeah, don't leave space for modders. Or, yeah, you know, mod, not in terms of adding more, given the tools, bringing it up but to the standard. Exactly, at least meet that high standard that people are already bringing these games to for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of for free, do you know, Earl, by any chance, when you mentioned that Knights of the Old Republic 2 mm. had all these community-created, community-fixed content already implemented into the actual release, yeah, did they get any sort of compensation at all? Do no, you know? No, I don't believe they actually used the fix that ah. the community made. They just kind of they just did it themselves. Fixed it. Yeah, yeah, they, they engineered the it fix. themselves. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, what they did do, however, is if you owned Knights of the Repu- Old Republic 2... No, it's Knights of the Republic, isn't it? Knights of the Republic 2. Knights of the Old no, Republic. Knights of the Old Republic. KOTOR. Uh, right, KOTOR 2, yes. Because I'm, I'm mixing it up with the MMO. Yeah, I know. Anyway. SWOTOR. Um, yes, SWOTOR. Um, if you owned that game on Steam, it just patched. So there was no upgrade path. It was just you now own this game, which is finally fixed after many years of it being broken. Mm. Uh, you're welcome. If that was the original version, like KOTOR 2 wasn't originally released there on Steam. It was. Like, uh, yeah, you could, buy, you could buy it on Steam um, and it was an, an, un, an unfinished game. Oh, way, way back in original Oh, I see. Launch. No, no, it was a retail... Uh, yeah. products but they it was originally it was eventually brought to steam because steam exists um sure. but now years after that steam release it has been patched up to be the originally intended product right yeah yeah i'm just, just wondering if if the steam release was the true original release whether they would right. have considered uh not upgrading it for free right i guess yeah, yeah. i guess with the with the issue with kotor 2 being so egregious there is only one way to do that yeah yeah and i think it was just um you know that there is opportunity on steam uh to to make a lot of money believe it or not and um that i think this is just a way to drive new initial sales so it was more of a hey if you didn't already own this game or you had been avoiding this game since the beginning because you knew of the stories and the development nightmare that happened now's the time to jump in finally and for the hardcore fans that have been patching the game themselves like here's the official release like this is the polished product and if you already bought it thanks for your support it's free Hmm. you know what i think i think that um the original studio bioware i don't think they actually dedicated resources for this i think it was just like one very very dedicated group of employees on Bioware or something that said, okay, we're going to fix this. The sequel was made by Obsidian. Obsidian, all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Obsidian instead. Uh, Just a group of developers over there saying, okay, I'm pretty sure that we can do a lot better. doesn't matter if you don't pay us or anything, but we're going to fix this. 
Yeah, yeah, and, it's, and it's, they it's, just made it like just like real models, but officially inside the studio and released it for free. It's also the same thing. And it's great branding as well. Yeah. Like you know, to it definitely helps rebuy faith in the community. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. So you know, I it's it's very interesting the different paths that different studios have taken, um, running in parallel with this hobbyist development scene that exists. Um, I just wanted to 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 share my thoughts, I guess. On the, on the strangeness, especially around Final Fantasy and Dead Island being released together, but um, yeah. by all means, if you love Dead Island, three euros doesn't sound like a big ask to play that game again with a bit more polish. And for me, I think um, it's great that you can play Final Fantasy X on a PC. Um, so I absolutely support uh, Square Enix and the fact that they're bringing these titles back. Um, the 60 frames per second fix, I guess, will come eventually from the community end. But it has to be applauded that you can at least buy that game in 2016 at all. Yeah. Especially because this game actually was never, ever released on PC until now. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. That's a really good thing. It would make me scratch my head, for example, if they decide to make these, you know, these new uh, Batman Arkham remasters that are going to take over on the consoles. Oh, PS4 yeah. And Xbox One. If this actually comes out on PC as a bundle, that would make me scratch my head really hard. Yeah, yeah. Like, what have you done? Is to why? Justify- why? Is it-, it was already, oh, right. yeah, of course. Yeah, it was already running in 4K at 60 frames or whatever yeah. other bullet point you want to hit to justify a remaster. No, um, but wait, that's that is surely an even bigger topic considering Arkham Knight. Does it include Arkham Knight? No, no. just the original two. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just I, a, I thought that's one. Asylum and City. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I thought the same okay, as you, but, you know, if you're bundling all of them together at a certain price point, that's a that's quite a big deal, I guess, because that's a fairly recent game. Well, no, I wasn't um, talking... I'm talking about how bad a state the PC version of Arkham Knight is still in. Oh, you're right. Gonna right. Say you're yeah, going to yeah. re-release it as part of a bundle? No. I, is that just the same poorly performing game well they eventually got that game into good shape still never ran good still enough. doesn't run for me probably it oh really have you played it recently i uh since they released the big one but okay. i don't know if it was the final one okay because yeah i i'm no i know authority then but i've i've read that as long as you have 12 gigs of ram which you do, which you do <laughs> you'll yeah. be fine it was a ram thing it's because console ram works very different to the way pc ram does yeah um i'm not going to get technical because i shouldn't because i'm not an expert but <laughs> essentially you require more of it um for the right. pc experience to match the console experience sure um, yeah i don't i just don't know if i'm going to get back to it but no, that's, that's I mean, another topic. It, it was my least favorite of the three Batman games, anyway. Asylum yeah. or bust? I think Asylum. Asylum is the was best. beautiful. Yeah, beautiful game. I I will revisit Asylum one day. I would um, really like to as well. Yeah, maybe if they give me a reason to with this re-release and they give it to me for free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Uh, topic two. So, Bob, you've been playing a game called Human Resource Machine, right. which sounds. Uh, Let's be honest, not too exciting. No, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's going to be a bit difficult to explain. Do you, um, sure. you've played World of Goo or Little Inferno? Played Little Inferno. I've played yeah. World of Goo. Yeah, it's, okay, it's from the same go. developers of World of oh. Goo and Little Inferno. Oh, cool. Okay. So it shares the same, um, same visual style, the same charm as the other two did. Uh, but Human Resource Machine takes you to a box factory, basically. 
or mail okay. sorting facility. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I'm really disappointed. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to be like uh, an HR representative for a gas corporation and <laughs> you had to hire and fire deal with conflicts of interest to be honest i also thought it would be something like that when i first booted the game you know yeah. i thought it would be like yeah you control the employees of a company and such and such like, like theme hospital but with like a really dreary boring yeah. setting <laughs> yeah yeah but but it doesn't it doesn't work okay. like that at all i mean you're like a lowly employee of this uh, mail sorting company i'm not sure exactly what it does and uh, what you have to do is each level they give you an objective they tell you okay you have to get um these things from the inbox and you have to output these other things in the outbox and um the the early levels are really simple because pretty much all you have to do is grab the grab the boxes from the inbox and put them on a certain order in the outbox and yeah simple enough so you're a, you're moving around as a character yeah you have you have um you're not really moving it around but what you what you have to do is you have a list of commands on the right side of the screen and you have to compile a list of what actions you have you want your character to do. So, so um, you, you click around the screen to move or you, you're with a gamepad here? Do you no, have not really. Control? It doesn't have any kind of uh, gamepad control support. Right. You're I just think. queuing up commands. Yeah, you queue up commands, exactly. Right, gotcha, you, just, gotcha. you just have the list of commands and you queue them up on your notebook on the right. And you say, for example, if you're, you, the first level is, yeah, you have to just take the things from the inbox and put them on the outbox. So you would queue inbox, outbox, inbox, outbox, inbox, outbox, because there's three boxes, and mm-hmm. then run. And then it just uh, reads the order and, and applies them on the same order that you have placed them up. And... um yeah, you basically beat the levels like that. The complicated thing is when they actually come into uh, a bit more complicated orders because this game unintentionally is helping me out sort my problems with coding logic and mm. uh, yeah, making like really, really basic programs to solve the puzzles that the game is presenting. Now, I, I'm interested in this because is this going to create a barrier for entry for me as someone that isn't even interested in coding? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Because it's not really related to any kind of language. No, you're, you're talking about the logic of coding, I guess. It's only coding. And it's yeah. only just, you can just play and imagine that you're not programming anything. Mm. And you can just imagine that you are like solving a puzzle. And that's all you're doing after right. all. But then again, this is all what coders do every now and then. Like they just encounter a puzzle in their own code and they have to solve it up. Anyway. Um, as you were progressing into the the stages or the levels, because I think it goes by years, and every level is a year that you spend in the company. Mm. Uh, they they keep giving you extra commands, new functions, and uh, more complicated objectives. And and, uh, and the theme is always to do with the theme is always the same. Yeah, getting take, a, getting a parcel from A to B, right? But in, a, in, a, but in a, an increasingly complex manner. Yeah. Right. So you get you get you get these more complicated things. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I enjoy when uh, games in a humorous fashion take a very simple task and mundane. make it in, yeah a mundane thing and make it incredibly glamorous or complex or or crazy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, when when you keep going on, they will keep adding complexity to the inbox so to speak at first you would only have like regular numbers that wouldn't really matter exactly which ones then you would get like positive or negative numbers like three or minus six in each one of the boxes and uh, the level may ask you okay if you 
grab a positive number, you have to leave it on the floor until you get a negative number. Then you put the negative and then all the positive. Okay. I understand oh. the uh, coding analogy now. Yeah, right? <laughs> so that's the thing. You you keep getting... It's, it's really difficult to explain, so bear with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you keep getting like some sort of um, conditional segments, loops, and uh, special commands that may help you to this task. And um, what I found most um, satisfying, for me at least, was when, when they gave me some sort of um, task that I wouldn't really... They wouldn't really explain how to do that. They, they would say... I remember vividly, you just take one number, any number from the inbox, the first one, and you have to output the same number multiplied by eight. I'm going to be terrible at this game. Yeah, but you do not have a multiply by uh, function, all right? Right. So w what you have to do is, um, if I'm, I'm just going to spoil this little mm -hmm. puzzle. You just uh, take the number, drop it on the floor, add it to itself, drop it on the floor again, add it to itself again, and repeat until you get the number you, the, the you need, and then output. This reminds me of a similar skill set to... Um, what was that DNA um, game? Ah. DNA? Yeah, there was a game where you had to, like, engineer DNA. Ah, um, oh, it's gone now. Space Chem? Yeah, Space Chem, that was the one. Was it DNA? Uh, I think it was something like that. Some, yeah, some yeah chemical it's, element or something it requires some sort of mathematical prowess to at least a basic subtract an additional level which i don't have um but i really appreciated watching other people play it <laughs> space game is also really good yeah Are you gonna do a stream of this one bob um if you want me to i mean I'm, if you do i'll watch i'm not really very good at it but i can try definitely oh, that's that's even better i don't <laughs> i don't want you to be good at it I just That's, want to laugh off my ineptitude. Exactly. Like, yeah. watching people being good at games is one thing, but watching people I know be terrible at games is real entertainment. We can actually do um, schedule a session where I play human resource machine and then I do some space game. Ah, yeah, okay, sure. So yeah, you, show us we, how it's done. So we fry my brain completely. Yeah. <laughs> um, cheap plug i want you to do it like uh rob's hitman streams that he's been doing where we all actually comment in real time over voice chat um, okay and make his life hell <laughs> uh, and people should check them out on our youtube channel yeah still can join me when uh yeah when we do human resource machine and his shout there it is <laughs> yeah yeah there he is there kill is. him kill him run there the program <laughs> yeah yeah you've solved it run the program there run is. the program just run it <laughs> All right, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, it's it's it wouldn't be for me, but again, I enjoyed watching um, animated gifs of Space Cam. <laughs> oh, so, but uh, but Space Cam can be mesmerizing. Yeah, I yeah, mean the complexity of the circuits you can you can develop on Space Cam is it's unbelievable. But um, Human Resource Machine is a lot simpler than that. Okay, um, you, all, all you would I'll see give it is a stab if I like what I see. Yeah, sure, but yeah, all you would see is just like seeing a character running around left to right picking and dropping boxes mm. and doing stuff with them but little more than that yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm picturing the world of goo graphical charm as well so yeah that's <laughs> I, I, that that was a really funny a fun looking game yeah uh, although the the graphical style resembles a little bit more to little inferno i mean mm. it's pretty much the same concept or the same art style right. but little inferno was a little bit darker you know right okay 
And um, human resource machine shares that uh, visual style, so to speak. Right, I see. But yeah, it's still really pretty. It's still very enjoyable. And I'm really having a lot of fun with it. Um, I- I'm currently stuck. I mean, uh, <sighs> there is, are some... Is that frustrating? Yeah, it is. Mm, it right. is frustrating because... because um, I get frustrated easy, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that if I manage to solve the puzzle, I will feel super great and super smart about it. Right, right. Because it's not the frustration what I what is like. Oh man, I'm so such an idiot. I have no idea what to do. Mm. I mean, I still have my um, okay. Maybe I could try this. Maybe I could try that. Maybe if I invert the order. Maybe if I change the loop order, would this work? Would this? And, and I keep trying stuff. But if you just find uh, a puzzle where you just see it and you say, okay, yeah, I have no idea how to solve this. And then you close the game and never open deck again. That's uncool frustration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, at this at this level, I think it is, um, you are given, uh, I can't remember exactly. I think you, are, you have letters on the floor and you have um, positive and negative numbers on the inbox. And it says that, Oh no, no, it's not actually letters, it's ones and zeros. So yeah, if if the number that you pick up is positive, you have to output one. And if you have a negative one, it has to output zero. Or something like that. Right, okay. But I have no exact way of comparing one value to another. Well sounds pretty simple to me, Bob. Yeah, yeah, it yeah is. I think you're an idiot. Yeah, it seems simple, but the problem is the, the tools that you're given. <laughs> No, of no, course, I, think, I would. I, I would easily solve this. Like, I, yeah, I've got okay. it. I've, I've got the solution. I'm just not telling Sweet. you. All right. Uh, do do let me know later. I would write it down. Uh, <laughs> Answers but, yeah. to our Twitter account at GoPlayThat. <laughs> I will. I will eventually figure it out because I haven't tried all the solutions that I wanted to try. But yeah, I'm all liking right. it. I'm liking it very much. And uh, it's it's a game that I went completely under the radar for me. I have no idea when it was released. But I I completely lost track of what the Tomorrow Corporation, which is the name of these developers, uh, did for the past few years. And and uh, yeah, it it felt nice to see that they were releasing more stuff. I think they were working on Wii U ports for their other games. <laughs> yeah, because uh-huh. uh, they exist. Yeah, well, I I originally played Little Inferno on the Wii U for yeah, the first yeah, time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. that's where and I it played. played it played great there. Yeah, yeah. No, that was back when I thought, damn, this is the console I'm going to play all of my indie games on. This is great. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm Said just, no one ever. I'm, sh- I'm shedding a tear right now. <laughs> God, God bless yeah. your intentions, uh, Nintendo. <laughs> mm-hmm. God yeah. bless you. Well, cool. they can still surprise us once again. I we will so. see. I hope so. That's another podcast, I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> Definitely, yes. That would definitely warrant its own time. Oh yeah, I, I can't wait for that podcast. The, the the whatever Nintendo are doing with their hardware podcast, uh, I'm going to go off on one. Do we <laughs> want to do one about it before we know any more, or do we want to talk about it as soon as it's been unveiled? Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll discuss off podcast, I guess. Yeah. But my my gut tells me that. Um, saying what I would like the next Nintendo thing to be could just set me up for horrendous heartbreak when we <laughs> realize the reality of what it is. And I don't want that heartbreak. Um, if you're going to put me through that pain, that's up to you. You're, okay. the, you're the boss. Well, I might do. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Bob. No problem. Um, 
Cool. So we're going to round out today by talking about Overwatch, which is, of course, everyone's favorite game right now. (laughs) I promise Um, this is the last time. (laughs) Yeah, this is. Are we all agreeing that this is the last time we'll speak about Overwatch until the next time? Yeah. Until the next time, yeah. yeah. I admit my eye has been twitching for the duration of this podcast because I knew this bit was coming. And (sighs) and when the podcast is up, I'll probably play some Overwatch. So I'm twitching at the moment. I'm twitching. Cool. Um, Well, I wanted to keep it on a specific topic because we have been playing it a huge amount over the weekend and and since it was released uh, on Tuesday last week. But we are going to talk about what our favorite characters are uh, personally and and why. Uh, Because that favorite character for me has changed every time I've I've, uh, launched the game. Yeah, same. Mm. And I wanted to talk about... uh, I'll briefly cover my top five, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which feels a bit like cheating. But, um, it does a bit. <laughs> I'm going to just quickly run through them. Okay. Um, so Genji for me is an awesome, like my favorite damage character because he can reflect stuff back. Uh, I was watching a video earlier where he can deflect back some of the ultimates. Like he mm. can, he can uh, deflect back Zarya's black hole and um tracer's sticky grenade uh, <laughs> yes she, yeah she yeah and and then the arrow that comes out of hanzo's dragon thing like, so widow mayfield's foot trap as well right yes the poison trap, trap as well yeah, yeah. yeah so he's just really fast and and uh watching him with his ultimate of just it still takes some skill to slice up uh like four or five enemies we talk we've we've talked on our streams about uh it being more than play of the game, cue of the game, like oh, just yeah, yeah. when you when you're going to hit the ultimate, uh, and for some characters that that is it still requires a bit of skill, but it's more or less just timing. I just realised that that uh, joke is lost on console players. Cause, yeah. So cause you don't press the Q button. I don't <laughs> know triangle. what it is. Yeah. Is it triangle? Okay, maybe. Um, just just one thing. I was a little bit disappointed because in the, the you know the releasing CG background videos for each character. Yeah. In Genji's background, he can actually counter Hanzo's um, ultimate, which is those two spiraling red dragons. Mm-hmm. And he makes it go back to him with a big yellow dragon through the middle and kills him. But it doesn't happen in the game. No. No, you can't counter with your own ultimate. No. Yeah. So ah. work it out, Blizzard. <laughs> Stick to the law. Come on. Yeah. Man. Like choose one or the other. The Come game's on. been out for what a week, and you're already messing with the law. <laughs> um, so my my other favourites, uh, Junkrat for his grenade launcher. I, I think I've got my most most of my kills with him uh, standing about ten meters away from any action, just constantly throwing grenades. And his um, he has a mine that you can put down and trigger to either rocket jump somewhere up high or put under an enemy so i have had uh i've thrown up i've thrown a reinhardt up in the air uh, and then been able to take out enemies behind him whilst he's flailing that's been <laughs> quite fun um and the most trolly enemy and my, and one of my favorites is may with her ice walls which oh man yeah i i've tried to be really good and not uh upset my team but i i know a few times a i've caused one. i've caused um shots to be blocked um people to get stuck with an enemy that's that they were trying to escape from yeah but that's usually me 
It's usually you, yes. Yeah. Um, which again, I'm I'm fine with. Um, <laughs> but I I I just really enjoy. I feel it's really satisfying um, blocking someone's uh, like bastion or something, or just uh, putting it between people trying to contest yeah, a, yeah. a capture point and putting it far enough away that on the other side of the wall they're not in contention anymore. That's been really fun. Uh, and then the last two, I'll quickly just say like Roadhog for his, uh, survivability. Like he's got his own healing and he can, like I've been able to survive with him on defense matches for the whole round. Uh, and Zarya, because she seems like one of the less obvious characters. You, you have to know what to do to be any good because her normal laser's just too weak. But if you can correctly time, your personal shield or team shield uh, to to up the damage. Uh, you can be like a, a wrecking ball uh, and then throw down like a, a black hole over over the well in Greece to... <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, you can put it over a hole in, in the level or over the sort of li- limits of a level and then it just pulls enemies off the edge. Does it count <laughs> as a kill or a suicide? It counts as an environmental kill. kill. Environmental so kill. So it's a it's a kill for you, but right. yeah. Um, sorry for going on, but <laughs> those are my those are my five out of the twenty one. <laughs> you, you, you're in fear that we might actually not talk about Overwatch again, so you're getting it all out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to be playing it. I understand that we should. Uh, that I'm going to need to vary up my my playing habits to have something interesting to talk about. But <laughs> but, but goddamn. God damn. God damn, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, who wants to take on? Bob, you go. Me? Okay. Um, I still haven't really decided exactly who my favorite characters are. I'm going to go with my top 10. <laughs> no, no, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I, I think um, the ones I really enjoy the most playing are, n- are the ones that I am not so good at using yet. Mm. I really, really enjoy Genji. Because hmm. of its of his mobility, I it, like that he, he can just jump, do right? double jumps around. Hmm. He can just climb walls. He can he can just sneak around, flank people every now and then. It's 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 just the ninja, literally, that you would never expect to see coming mm-hmm. if played correctly. And I think it takes a lot of effort and study to to try and understand the the character correctly. And uh, I'm aiming to to give it definitely a, a better go. Um, and, uh, another special mention, I'm guessing it would be Symmetra because mm-hmm. Symmetra is, uh, widely ignored because yes, very much so. she's a support that cannot heal mm. and is a builder that is really squishy and her turrets are really flimsy, you know? Yeah. But I think Symmetra is all about deceiving the opponent. I think Symmetra is just, you, you just hide the turrets in a room or something and I've done this more than once. You just uh, peek out and uh, show the enemy that you're there. Yeah. So they chase you inside the room and then all the turrets fire at the same time and, <laughs> and finish them. It's so satisfying to fool the I, opponents like that. I've, yeah, just lead, lead them into your kill room. Yeah, lead them into your kill room and that's it. I've also done things like uh, filling the payload of turrets <laughs> oh, <laughs> while they're escorting yeah, I've not it. I've seen that. Yeah, I've while they're escorting that. it, I just yeah. attach turrets to the payload. And they wouldn't, they, they, they wouldn't know what, what they're hitting them. It's like, oh my God, where is that turret? And it's on the payload. They wouldn't know. That's funny. 
I like yeah. that. <laughs> they would eventually figure it out because Reinhardt just comes swinging and that's it. I'm going to try that out next time I do an escort mission. Yeah, do that, do that. Um, and yeah, um, I don't really want to clog the the whole thing because I could talk about uh, how enjoyable McCree is, how how nice it is to jump around with Winston, or or even how funny it is to go with Tracer blinking here and there, accidentally blinking off the screen. <laughs> which happened to me way more often than I want to admit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, lo- I, I love this game, man. I want to keep playing it. God damn this game. Forever. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, finish the podcast so we can play. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I was trying to spin in my head how I wanted to go through these. I, I do have a small story, actually, because uh, Rob made an analogy that um, Overwatch is his Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Where, uh-huh. you know, it's a roster of very different characters that um, are different to master um, and bring different things to the table. And it's it's, it's fascinating because as a Street Fighter player myself, one of the things that you always do in between patches for that game is look at the tier rankings for the characters. So the tier rankings are based on, you know, performance during tournaments for each character essentially like looking at wins and losses to see who the best character in the game is. And generally speaking, those top tier characters will be made weaker and the lower tier characters would be made stronger by Capcom. Um, they've started, there's several websites. One that's really reliable is 10 ton hammer. Um, they've started to tier rank the characters in overwatch. And I was originally playing with just like, pretty much any character. I never really settled on any one. I guess Diva was the one that I enjoyed playing the most. Um, but notice that Lucio is consistently the highest ranked player. He is classified as overpowered. Um, like you have to fix this as soon as possible. And I never really saw it because I, at least in the low level games that I was playing, no one was really playing as Lucio. I enjoy playing support classes in other games. I like being the healer in World of Warcraft. So Mercy appealed to me straight away. Um, but after reading this, I started to give Lucio a go. And my God, he is overpowered. He is really, <laughs> really overpowered. Um, his ability to instantly heal and give everyone a huge armor boost at the press of a button with his ultimate can completely turn the tide of a game. If all six of you are in the, in the same bubble and, you know, like an, an area is being captured and you all run into defend, hit Q, that's it. Your team wins. It's as simple as that. Um, his mobility is crazy. His weapon is really powerful if you get a hit with it. Um, and he, he just generally has every single tool that is available to every other character except for sniping, basically. So really interested to see what Blizzard do with the challenge of that character because I think people are starting to clock onto it. Um, his only negative is that people are actually catching on to the fact that he's overpowered. So generally, if someone sees a Lucio, they gang up on him and he's dead immediately. That's mm. that's so far the balancing option for, the, for that character. Um, and I've just started to get into Genji. Uh, I think he's, he's um, one of the stronger attack characters. And... My defense character changes every day, but yesterday I had a couple of amazing games with Widowmaker. Um, once you get good with Widowmaker, um, it's extremely frustrating for an attacking team to get past you. 
because pretty much the second that you show your face near the objective, you're dead. And that's it. You have to go all the way back and run back to the uh, attack again. So I took great pleasure in just pinning people back with her. Um, but again, if uh, you can have a bad game with Widowmaker and just contribute zero as a result. But anyway, mm-hmm. I mean, I- I'm going to regret those choices by the time you ask me that question again, because the game's so diverse that I just change my mind every day. Yeah, it happens yeah, very that's often. completely fine. Yeah, and um, when you, Bob, when you mentioned that kill room tactic, I wonder how, if that's ever going to, uh, pop up when it comes to high level play like are people going to see Symmetra and go oh no 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 mm. <laughs> I'll stay right over here mm. yeah. maybe um, I've played one game where a Symmetra was causing real problems and it was in conjunction with uh, a Reinhardt and um, a Bastion and a Tolbjorn yeah. all okay. kind of focusing on making sure you didn't take down Symmetra's turrets that's right. it, that seemed to be their thing. They were making sure that those turrets were uh, stayed, you know, uh, they kept alive, and that caused a lot of issues. And it was on a choke point where there was only one entry, and the second you go near that entry, the turrets were just burning you, and you couldn't yeah. turn to shoot them in time because the other turrets were, were taking you down. Um, so yeah, there's, there's been a few really frustrating games actually where people have worked out certain defensive configurations. Um, but I'm sure it's just a case of uh, trial and error, or looking up the counter strategies. Which yeah, I what's done the count? Yet. Yeah, the counter strat. I can already think of ways to to uh, counteract that if you are communicating as a team. Yeah, as a set of as a set of six individuals that aren't talking to together, you're you're done. And that's that's something that uh, is a negative for the game organically. Uh, just based on the premise rather than something they can they can really do anything against like i think it's been pretty good at putting us with randoms of a similar skill level yeah uh, yeah generally but, but what we've been doing we've had the fortune of being able to play as quite a large group between like three and, and a full-on six man squad mm-hmm. and then we're put we're matched against that it tries to match us against another group of a similar size yeah it appears who to have clearly got it figured out yeah and and that's where we run into those kind of tactics more often i think yeah, yeah. um but i was thinking cuz when you were mentioning the the tiering of of different characters when you're talking about a fighting game uh, like street fighter that's an individual effort yeah how how do those uh, i imagine that they cover MOBAs, how do they factor in the team chemistry of, of com- combinations of different characters? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's like a, on a win-loss uh, rate. Like if you look at Lucy, you know, a team that had Lucio is going to win 80% of the time compared to a team that did not. Okay. I, I, and that's an assumption. That's, the, that's one of the only ways I can think of it. But obviously there's the, the complexity of does a team of six Lucios mean that you win? No, of course it doesn't. That would be ridiculous. No, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it is. There's definitely some subjectivity to it beyond um, what you can very statistically prove with a one-on-one fighting game. Mm-hmm. Um, but trust me, it just Google Overwatch tier rankings and very, very consistently across all of the Overwatch fan pages, Lucio is overpowered very consistent you have a few websites that think genji is in a top tier um and a couple that i think puts reinhardt in the top tier 
but mm-hmm. I have not seen Lucio in anything less than tier one. And some sites have invented tiers such as OP tier and, and S tier and God tier just for Lucio exclusively, um, which has happened in Street Fighter. I think Sagat was overpowered once and they had to nerf him in yeah. an emergency. They're like, okay, this is broken. And mm. that's the terminology they're using with Lucio. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see what Blizzard's response will be and whether they think it's a, they, they know this, like for example, with the Bastion stuff, he used to have a shield when he was in turret formation. And I'm sure that was, that was atrocious. Oh, that's why I've seen videos of him with a shield. Yeah. So that, that's all from earlier closed beta, mm. uh, play, but, um, early on, the internet has been against Bastion in his turret formation from for being overpowered. But it, it, it took then, days but, for that to change. I'd say, didn't it? Like, yeah, I, it I, wasn't. Bastion's it wasn't too easy long. to get around now. Yeah, um, people have been putting up videos of like here's like with every single character, we're going to show you how easy it is or how slightly difficult it is to mm. take him down. But uh, there's there's a way with all of them. It's just a case of uh, you see how powerful that is and people racking up kills against new players and you give that a go, you feel good about it. And, and then the more, the more you end up seeing Bastion in use on the lower level, but then you realize you're, you're a sitting duck. If you, if you're part of a team, maybe you've got a Reinhardt in front of you, you might be fine, but people have figured that one out. Maybe people will figure Lucio out. Although I yeah. imagine there's more, there's more to it than that. Like people I- with authority, like are talking with some amount of authority about how overpowered he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think part of it will be a wait and see because they could, like, you know, take his damage down by 50% and they go too far and Lucio is uh, completely useless. And in that period of time, people have kind of figured him out anyway. So, yeah, Yeah. it it would be irresponsible to just go, this is broken, patch it, because, you know, now people are aware of it. I'm starting to struggle in the last 24 hours with Lucio because you're like a magnet now. Now, yeah. now people are reading the forums. They go, "Is a Lucio take down that bastard right now?" Yeah, and, and that's I it. I'm, I'm really, really feeling that. That yeah, but I don't know if that's the that's the um, intended and acceptable balance there, right? Like, sure, sure. Maybe it is a case of you know, and maybe there's some very, very high level. And in the esports tier of players have figured out that Lucio is invulnerable somehow. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's Blizzard are the experts at that stuff. And you just have to have faith that they're going to take the game in the right direction. But yeah. um, for now, part of the fun of it is, you know, figuring out those nuances and discovering new strategies for both offense and defense. So aside from the rebalancing from Blizzard, uh, th- this is like a honeymoon period where everyone's figuring the game out itself. Um, and you know, I, I, I'd like to see, um, like for example, to go back to Sagat and Street Fighter, um, Daigo, um, took down Daigo Umahara, who is a very famous Street Fighter player, took down the world's best Sagat player using Dalsim, which just seemed crazy at the time, but proved it was possible. So maybe mm. it's just a case of someone, some Daigo of Overwatch needs to show us how to take down these supposedly overpowered players. And that's it. That knowledge spreads. Yeah. Um, so th- this is a great time to play the game. And I really hope that that pace continues as they start to add new characters and it completely 
for, in a positive way breaks the game and makes us yeah. reconsider these things over and over again and new yeah. levels and oh my god we're, yeah. just let me play overwatch <laughs> um yeah i i remember uh talk around like starcraft balancing and changes with that as well that and new strategies like people just just wrecking people's bases much quicker than they ever thought possible with new strategies like there there is the game is uh special and is robust enough that there is room for that here yeah absolutely absolutely no and uh uh just 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 do the game of the year conversations next week (laughs) (laughs) man that is going to be an interesting one it is Uh, yeah i'd love to be surprised but um yeah Hmm. let's see okay all right guys um we want to hear from you what your favorite um overwatch characters are so you can either get us at podcast at goplaythat.com um or you can leave us a comment on our facebook post for this podcast or on twitter at goplaythat and uh that'll be us for this week thank you very much thank you i go play overwatch now yep go let's Yeah.